Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright. Right over there is Nikki Kinzer. Hello, Pete Wright. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Uh, we are talking about our negative spiral, the shame spiral. Kind of. Oh, kind of. Okay. I mean, that's that's sort of what we're avoiding, but we really want to talk about strengths. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Look at you. You spun me already. I know, right? I know. Good at how, that. Qui- how quickly that happened. Uh, mm-hmm. Before we dig in and, and I get spun some more, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. Get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to our mailing list and uh, ensure that you get an email each time a new episode is released. Connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at TakeControlADHD and call us 503-664-4ADD to get your thoughts on the show. And of course, thank you to everybody who has done so already or those of you considering doing so check us out at patreon.com slash the adhd podcast uh where you can uh, support the show and and get some perks we uh we sure love having you over there thank you so much okay we've got our guests are back uh gabriel villarreal and heather clift uh, hosts of the informed consent podcasts uh, they are back to join us for this conversation. You may recognize them from this very show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we sure love talking about this stuff then, and we're really excited to talk about this stuff now. Heather and Gabriel, welcome back to the ADHD podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us back. So I was, as I was telling Pete, it's not so much about shame or negativity that I want to emphasize. I want to emphasize on the strengths of ADHD because one of the things that you said, Gabriel, in our show last is you really talked about how ADHD was a strength in, in your eyes and, and that's how you saw it. And I just would love for you to share what you mean by that and how you get there and what you teach your clients and any any information that you can give to our listeners about ADHD and strengths, I want to hear it. Yeah, so I've been, we've been on the podcast before. You guys know that I have a podcast. I have a part-time job doing community mental health stuff. I have a part-time private practice, um, ADHD counseling in the Roanoke Valley, um, where I specialize in, obviously, ADHD. Um, and I, have, uh, I own and coach at my gym, Lost Boy Strength and Conditioning. Um, and I 100% believe that none of that would be possible without my ADHD. Um, and the, uh, the joke that I kind of throw out there is, is my workouts and my regular nine to five, um, alone would just crush a normal, normal person. Um, let alone coming, uh, home and working on either one of my businesses, um, and also successfully, um, 
having a marriage. Um, that probably wouldn't work out either. Um, but I'm able to juggle all these things. Um, and that's, I, I couldn't do it without my ADHD. Um, so if there was ever a, um, a question of whether or not ADHD can be a strength, um, feel free to just play that clip over again for that person that doesn't believe that. And, uh, and that should be enough to convince them. How do you do it? Yeah, right. Well, and that's a question. How did, was it always that way for you, uh, Gabriel? Did you, or, or, you know, what did it take to, to get you uh, into that particular headspace? So no, not, not really. No, I, I always didn't, I didn't always juggle this many things um, at the same time. Um, and it wasn't until I started Lost Boys Strength Conditioning, my gym, that I really, you know, I had a, a very good business mentor and friend who sat me down one day and, and said, you know enough about strength and conditioning to help anyone for 12 months. So now that you've opened this gym for the next 12 months, you need to learn about business um, and stop trying to consume all of the strength and conditioning science that's out there. You know enough. And when I started doing that, I realized that um, that an entrepreneur lifestyle is the ideal lifestyle for the ADHDer because they are free to do whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want, um, in a manner that works best for them. Um, and um, all of the like highest level entrepreneurs, um, they they only do the things that they're good at. So they aren't gonna handle. You know, in the beginning they will, but once they get to a higher level, they're not, um, you know, as a simple example, they may not even edit their own podcast. Like you guys have podcasts, I edit our podcast. Um, but if I was, you know, in probably five years, I probably won't be editing my own podcast because that, it takes a lot out of me. Um, it's cumbersome. It can be irritating. I can get frustrated and my time is better served doing the things that I'm really, really good at. Um, and if I'm only doing the things that I'm really, really good at, I'm providing value for the people that I'm interacting with. I'm changing their lives more. Um, and then I'm always happy because uh, I'm, I'm never doing things that I don't want to do or I don't like to do or that I'm not good at. Um, so that's kind of shaped my whole outlook on, on oh, just do the things that you're good at and um, you know outsource or get help doing the things that you're bad at. Um, so oh, a big example of the things that I'm bad at um, is um, like any finances for any of the business, uh, the businesses that I have. I have me and my wife sit down and I'm like, we're going to go at this for 15 minutes and then we're going to take a break because after 15 minutes, I'm going to get angry and throw something and just freak out because this is really, really stressful for me and I'm really, really, I can't conceptualize it. Um, and I just know that about myself. So I don't actively put myself in a position where I'm not going to, I don't know, be awesome. Gabriel, I, it's weird that I feel like your uh, what's the word? You're me. <laughs> like everything you're describing is like you are my twin, man. That is that is amazing. I th- I get mad and throw stuff too. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's been a really long, disclaimer. It's been a really long time since I threw anything um, or got like really really upset. But um, but that's because you're playing on your strengths, right? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly right. It's 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 like, all right, if I'm getting this, I'll give you an example. So I was going through a, a business um, like boot camp, um, as it were, and we got to the whole module on finances. And this this was a couple months ago. So this same verve I had, and I opened it up. I opened the Excel spreadsheet while I'm following along with the video. I looked at the Excel spreadsheet. And literally all of the anxiety and frustration from 
high school and college math classes just rushed back and I could immediately feel my heart rate go up. I could immediately feel anger coming up. I just closed my laptop and I was like, that's for another day. And I need to have someone around me to help get me through that because that's not my that's not my unique genius. That's not my mode of genius at all. Um, and so why waste time trying to trudge through that? Um, I got other things that I need to do that I'm really good at uh, and that will, that will make other people happier um, than forcing myself to do something that I'm not good at. How did you figure out what your strengths were? And the reason I ask that is that it's not always easy for people. Like if you ask that question, like, you know, what are your strengths? I think a lot of people would kind of freeze. They, they don't really know. So any advice on how to kind of figure that out? You know, I always like to take people back to a time where they felt like they rocked it. You know, sometime where they feel like they really had it together things went really well. And and that can be hard to pinpoint. So you might have to spend a little time digging around. And then you look at what was going on at that time. What was your responsibility? Did anybody, was anybody else involved? What was their responsibility? What time of year was it? What time of day was it? Where were you located? Um, what were the personalities around you kind of thing? So in what environments do you thrive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm big on um, what I call positioning. And I think in our last um, podcast, I, I gave the example of Superman. Um, you know, Superman's not Superman under a red sun. He's just like a normal dude like like you or I. Um, but when he, you put him under a yellow sun, he's Superman. He can fly. He's super strong um, and all that jazz. Um, so where are you um, kind of, well, we can use this. Where are you, where can you fly? I mean, realistically, where do you find yourself really getting into um, that hyper-focused state um, and really feeling productive? Um, and that may be a clue what you're really, really good at. Um, so for me, um, I really got into like flow states or hyper-focused states uh, when I played soccer growing up. So I knew that kind of physical activity was really, really good for me. Um, and when I, uh, I think I shared this in the last podcast, when I was in college going over psychology and stuff, and then even in my master's, um, time would just fly by while I was learning this stuff. So that was a clear indicator that I'm really good at this stuff and I really like this stuff because I can get into this hyper-focused state. Now, of course, we can't argue that, that um, and I do it too, where it's like, all right, I'm going to do this last thing, and then you kind of come out of that hyper-focused state, and it's three hours later, and you get that thing done, and you got a whole bunch of other things that don't really matter and you didn't really need to get done. Um, so there is kind of a fine line. So I think the the key is where are you most productive? Um, mm-hmm. And um, when I was and building Lost, right? Most yeah, yeah, about. absolutely. Mm-hmm. When I was mm-hmm. building Lost Boys and in, in my practice, uh, you know, my my wife worked three uh, twelves on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so I knew that was my go time. Um, and um, I would for a whole year almost, um, for those 36 plus hours, I just worked on that stuff. And it was very clear, like, I'm really good at this stuff. If I can just hone in from the time that she leaves to the time that she gets home uh, for 12 hours, I can really make something of, of these businesses and things like that. Um, and that's and that's what I, what I did and do. Um, but in terms of finding other people's strengths, if, if they've never had that hyper-focus or they've never had that, those flow state experiences, um, I just use the Vanderbilt and just say, like, we're going to take the Vanderbilt, uh, whatever this says that you suck at, we're probably, we can flip it and make them all strengths. So you can't sit still and you're really hyper. How often do you work out? How often do you exercise? Um, let's go 
you know, let's go do that. Um, and then even flipping it and saying, you're still going to be like this when you're 60, 70, 80 years old. And that's an awesome thing because the 60, 70, 80 year olds that I see don't get off the couch like at all. And if they do, <laughs> they're not moving very well or very fast. Um, and what kind of life is that? Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what kind of life quality of life is that? But if you can't sit still, you're always going to move. That's going to be wonderful, uh, in the, uh, you know, as you get older and older and older again. So that's, you know, take a Vanderbilt and and flip whatever it is you have. So really try to identify what those strengths are. Look at what you're passionate about, what you're hyper-focusing on. And what I'm also hearing, and and I know this is why Pete's saying you're me, is is choosing a profession and a job that that fits you is obviously going to be a a big deal because we spend so much time at at work. Yeah, life's too short to be miserable at really crappy jobs. Um, So, I mean, do what you love um, and... I mean, I say that and I'll, I'll preface it by saying like, I, I love what I do, but I worked every weekend from Friday till Sunday night straight for like 12 to 16 months to, to build what I have right now to, to kind of get me here. So this isn't one of those things where it's like, find what you love and then quit your job and like to everyone else, they can just, you know, uh, deal with it and you're going to be super successful. It's like, no, man, you got to work for this lifestyle. You have to work for the privilege to um, con- con- the privilege to continuously put yourself under that yellow sun. It's not it's not a wake up one morning and I'm going to and I'm going to do it type of a thing. So what I'm hearing you say is we don't want to be impulsive and go into our jobs tomorrow and say, I quit without having the work put into it and really a plan on what you're going to do next. Yeah, don't. Yeah, that's not. We don't uh, want to be irresponsible. Yeah, no. No, especially not as parents and spouses and um, all of those things that we are. Yeah. It's tough because I have a a person I'm working with right now who is really miserable in their job and, um, you know, trying to navigate that, that, that water, that ocean of, of what to do and how to do it. And when are you comfortable? I'm just curious from your guys' standpoint, when you do have a client that comes in and you can tell that part of the job is what's making them miserable because it's not supporting their ADHD. It's not supporting their happiness, ADHD or not. They're just not happy. What do you say? What, how do you help them in that regard? What would you be doing? You know, what hours would you work? What setting would you work in kind of thing? And just kind of walking yourself through that would look like, because that can really bring up for you, what are the options? You know, here, here's what you would like to have a job that works mostly in the evening. So what are the options in this area for you to do that if you don't want to move or, or moving is not okay? You know, and then who would be around when you're doing that? And that kind of gives you an idea about what type of work setting you're drawn to and that would work better for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally That's forgot about idea. that that exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, the perfect day exercise. Totally to- good. Good job, Heather. Yeah. Um, that's why Heather's here. <laughs> good job. Um, We're all to, uh, doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. So um, no, I completely forgot. But I remember I did. I've done that exercise three times um, since 2013. Twenty. Yeah, twenty thirteen, um, and. Um, it, it's looked a little different every time, but every time that I've done it, I've gotten closer and closer to it. Um, and I think it's a really good idea, especially if if maybe you have a friend um, or a spouse or 
um, or a client um, that you can kind of see like, hey, maybe they're not really happy in this job, but they're not either ready to admit it or they don't know that they're unhappy yet. Um, that would be a really good exercise to have them do to really say, oh, this is, this is what I really want. And then have a conversation of how are you going to get there? And not how are you going to get there tomorrow? How are you going to get there over the next 12 months? And then what are the next mm-hmm. 24 months going to look like? Um, and that can be overwhelming to the ADHDer, but I think it's, it's let's just do a little bit or let's keep that vision alive. That way, maybe even subconsciously, we can work towards getting us there. Um, but I think what I also say um, to my clients that are unhappy in, in those in their job situations is, what are you doing when you're not at work? Are you just coming home and watching TV for you know the, the other eight hours of your day before you go to bed for eight hours? Like, is that all you're doing? Well, that's probably contributing to how unhappy you are. Like, where what is your creativity outlet? What is your passion? Um, and that may lead to this lifestyle that we talked about. So if you're really, well, we'll take me for an example. If you're really passionate about strength and conditioning, um, when you're not working, are you consuming that, that kind of information, that knowledge? Because it's not going to be boring to you if you really, really enjoy it. Um, I, if you you know looked at my Audible account and my Stitcher account, I probably have two separate master's degrees in business and in strength and conditioning because of the amount of information that I've consumed over these last couple of years. Um, so it's not something that you can just kind of flip on and go. Um, you need to put in the time um, and just kind of experiment. What really you know lights your fire? What really kind of um, uh, interests you? Um, and maybe you can make it um, into a job or into a career that supports this lifestyle, but maybe you just fill your other eight hours with awesome stuff that you really, really like instead of just watching TV and sitting down for you know all of that time. I want to just uh, just a reminder uh, of folks. We did we we talked about that uh, the the ideal week schedule. Nikki, remember that it was a long time ago. Yeah, we did, and and actually afterwards, I I took out my calendar and I yeah. and I did my own ideal week. Mm-hmm. I, I I still live by that, and I, I one of the things we one of the things I did at the time was that you know I went into my calendar on my computer and I I actually I c- turned off all the calendars that I have. You know, you have multiple calendars and colors and things like that. And I have a I. I have my work, my main primary calendar, and I'm also subscribed to my wife's calendar, my kids' calendars. I turned all of those off. So it's just a blank slate. And I created a new calendar after I went through this exercise. And I just put every minute scheduled in a nice, vibrant yellow, right? And and that so I can see, you know, this is what time I'm going to sleep every night. And this is what time I'm going to ideally wake up. And this is when I'm going to have personal time. This is when I'm going to eat lunch. This is when I'm going to work out. This is when I'm going to work. These are my personal projects. I just put everything on there as if I was, you know, I could just wake up Monday morning and trash everything I was doing and start living my ideal week on Monday morning. And then I turned back on my calendar and it is enormously empowering when you see yourself, just that visual cue that indicator, that reminder that you 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 have this ideal and you can start massaging your sort of real world into that ideal once you have that the visibility of it. And that, you know, it's been years now that I've had this calendar. Uh, that I hide it most of the time now, but when I need a pick-me-up, I just turn that on and look at the overlay of what I'm really doing in my life compared to what I want to do or my ideal. And it it goes a long way to getting out of that spiral when you realize, you know, I'm I'm really pretty close. 
That's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty close or I'm moving in that direction or I'm, I'm making a decision for tomorrow that moves me one step closer to that ideal. Mm-hmm. Well, and something I want to say about what Gabriel said, um, what I, what I like about your, your response to, okay, well, maybe it's not going to happen tomorrow where you get this new job, but you're going to be researching and you're going to be looking at what you're doing outside of this job and, and what are your strengths? What are you, what are you passionate about? But what I specifically want to point out is that when you're looking for those things and you're starting to look outside of your current job, it's giving you hope. It's giving you a place where you're not stuck anymore. Like you're actually, I'm actually now taking some action to take myself out of this stuckiness, which I know is not a word, but I love it anyway. Just commit. It's it's a word <laughs> I'm now. I'm committing to it. Yeah. But you're you're empowering yourself to know that you can take action and you're not stuck anymore. And um and and there isn't a a deadline that this has to happen this week or next month. And, and as you said, Gabriel, you have to work at it. I mean, this, especially if you are going to be an entrepreneur or you're starting a new business, there's no doubt. We all know this, that takes work, perseverance, some failures that you're going to have to like, you know, if you were a dog, your tail would be going underneath. (laughs) I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that goes into that, but I just love the fact that there's hope there's, you don't have to stay here. Um, and, and look at your options, look at your options and what's possible. Yeah. And I think it's helpful for your listeners to know that like, I don't have, like, I'm not there yet. Like I, I talk about this stuff, but I still have a part-time community mental health job. That's, you know, not always the greatest thing ever. Um, and I'm still, I still have to be there to support my family. Um, so it's, it's a journey, you know, it's, mm-hmm. but if, if you can kind of get step, step by step closer to that, that thing, then eventually you'll, you'll gain momentum and it's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I actually am almost there. Like Pete said, um, I'm, I'm really close to what, uh, what I want, what I need. Um, so yeah. Great. Very inspirational. Thank you, you guys. This is great. I love this conversation. Well, and I'm <laughs> kind of too. a list person, so I like to see things written out in front of me. So I always like to pick like two or three things that I'm going to do this week that um, either moves me forward or they're just things that I haven't been able to do that I really want to get in there that feel good to me. And then as I do them, I mark them off so that I feel like, hey, you know, I, I it just kind of bumps up your confidence a little bit that, yeah, I can do this. Yes. There is a Steve Jobs quote, and I'm going to completely mess it up because I don't have it in front of me. But the point of it is go to bed, you know, working, doing at least one thing um, towards your goal. So, you know, you wake up in the morning, you have goals, you do one thing, you go to bed knowing you at least did one thing. And and I'm, I know I'm messing it up completely, but it has always resonated with me um, ever since I saw it because I just think if you can just do one thing, no matter how small it is, it's that just keeps you moving forward. And, um, whether it's a list that you have in front of you or, um, some kind of, you know, we, we've talked about vision boards before, how important those can be having that stuff in front of you, um, is that reminder that it's important. And, um, with ADHD, it's too easy to forget. It's too easy to get distracted. Um, and, uh, and go into, unfortunately, that shame spiral that we started to kind of talk about that I want to avoid. Um, but I think having those those reminders around us is, is really important. 
Huge. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to add, oh man, three things. And let's see if I can keep them all in my head. <laughs> yeah, shame, you have about five minutes. <laughs> yeah, shame spiral. And he has no list. I have no list. <laughs> oh. Shame spiral. What I want to say about that is that's more about either fear of failure or that you that you have failed. And coming from an entrepreneur, you need to fail. You need to fail every day. Um, if you fail, then that is more data for you to to figure out how to be more successful later on. Let's shift this mindset and find your failures every day and then ask yourself, how do I avoid that next time? And if you, like we never, I think I heard Tony Robbins on like Instagram say like, how many times would you let your your baby, your infant baby fall before you picked them up and said, nah, walking's not for you. Like, you can't do it. Don't worry about it. You know, that would never happen. So, you know, apply that same. Yeah. Yeah. So apply that same mentality to your like passions and your, your, you know, lifestyle design. Um, Speaking of lifestyle design, Heather said that we do have an an ebook all about like mapping out your goals for, we launched it like 2017. I think maybe like two people downloaded it. Um, but um, it's really nice. Hey, it we'll can put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Put it in the show notes. It's like like a couple pages, but it kind of walks everyone through um, a uh, it's like fill in the blank perfect day type of a thing. Um, and I know I've done it, um, and it kind of helps kind of get everything under under um, uh, like an in order. So lists. Yeah. Uh, number that. three, um, I got them all. Um, these things of of getting closer and closer to what your goal is. Um, is all just reps, and I'll use the strength and conditioning metaphor. Um, if you were a power, you wanted to be a powerlifter, and you need to go to a competition to become a powerlifter, and you knew you had to squat four or five hundred pounds, you wouldn't wake up day of, get under the bar, and say, "Let's take this for a ride." <laughs> There's no situation where that works out. So, you you three years before you find a barbell, you find a gym, and you squat just the barbell. And then maybe the next week, you add five pounds, and then you squat the barbell. And then the next week, you add five more pounds, and then five more pounds, and then more reps, and more reps. Um, and you get closer and closer to your goal. Um, I'm oversimplifying it, but you guys get the general idea. Like, you have to put the reps in to get to your goal. You know, it's not an overnight thing. Um, I am friends with a few world record powerlifters, and all of them conceptualized their world records as, this is going to be a 10-year journey. This is going to be a, a five-year journey. This this part of, of like this next, um, you know, like five pounds that I have to get is going to be three years of my life, just trying to get these extra five pounds on this lift. So um, let that be your barometer for what your goals are and where you want to be in your life, um, that it's not going to be a quick fix. You are going to fail, hopefully daily, and you're going to learn from that, um, and you're going to get where you need to get. That's a great. Love it. Is that, uh, is, that, is that a good place to leave us, Nikki? I think it's a great place. Like good, those are yeah. great words to close us out. Uh, Gabriel, thank you guys so much for joining us once again. Uh, Gabriel Villarreal and Heather Clift uh, are, are back from informed consent, and we hope uh, this is their second time. We hope that there are many more to come. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. This has been a great fun. Uh, all the note links in the show notes. Uh, swipe over in your podcast machine, and you'll see links to all of the resources that they've mentioned, including that uh, that ebook download. We'll we'll make that. Uh, uh, we'll see if we can drive that to the uh, the New York Times uh, bestseller of uh, downloadable ebook content. 
Yay! That's a list they're going to start as a result of this. Uh, thank you guys so much. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer and our fantastic guests, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next time right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Thank you.